0: Welcome, everyone, to this next episode of our Psychopharmacology podcast. Today, I am with Dr. Monica Sharma from the Internal Medicine Psychiatry Residency at East Carolina University. I am Dr. Lang, the Chair of Psychiatry and Behavioral Medicine. So today we're going to be talking about the MAOIs. Dr. Sharma, how long have antidepressants been around and how were they even discovered?
1: So the first antidepressant was actually discovered accidentally. In 1952, iproniazid was being studied as a potential treatment for tuberculosis. But while it did not yield any positive results for treating TB, it did appear to elevate the mood of many of the patients in the study. So subsequent research found that iproniazid was actually a monamine oxidase inhibitor, and it became known as the first class of antidepressants discovered.
0: So what exactly are monoamine oxidase inhibitors, and how do they work?
1: So as their name suggests, monoamine oxidase inhibitors, or MAOIs for short, they're a class of drugs that inhibit the enzyme monoamine oxidase. These enzymes are found in the mitochondria of most cells, and they're responsible for breaking down the monoamine transmitters, such as dopamine, serotonin, and norepinephrine. MAOIs can inhibit either one or both isoforms of the monamine oxidase enzymes, MAOA is monamine oxidase A and MAOB is monamine oxidase B. Both forms break down dopamine, tyramine, and tryptamine equally, but monamine oxidase A also degrades norepinephrine and serotonin, whereas monamine oxidase B also degrades phenylethylamine and other amines. So therefore, MAOIs, by inhibiting the enzyme, they prevent the breakdown of these monoamine neurotransmitters and subsequently increase their availability in the synapse. All of the currently available MAOIs at antidepressant doses are non-selective, and they're also irreversible inhibitors of the enzyme. So that's to say they irreversibly inhibit both MAOA and MAOB until the cell regenerates new monoamine oxidase enzymes. And this process takes approximately two weeks to turn over.
0: What is different about the various MAOIs?
1: So there's two st- structural classes of MAOIs, the hydrazines and the non-hydrazines. The hydrazines were discovered first, but most of them, including ironized, was later withdrawn due to um, associated liver toxicity. Phenelzine and isocarboxazid are the only hydrazine MAOIs still available. In contrast, transcyclamine, a MAOI structurally unrelated to the hydrazines, was discovered around the same time as hydrazine and originally advertised as non-hydrazines due to its lower propensity to cause liver toxicity. Transiloprene and selaguline are chemically classified as substituted amphetamines, which reflect their more stimulant-like properties compared to the hydrazine, phenyl- phenylzine, or acid. Are these
0: drugs popular right now?
1: Not really, and not currently. As the first antidepressants, the, they were widely used as antidepressants in the early 1950s, but they lost popularity soon after. What happened? So while MAOIs, you know, they had good efficacy in treating depression, they carried with them significant risks, the most worrisome being the risk of inducing hypertensive crises. For many years after their discovery, the use of MAOIs declined, mainly because of these side effects and because of the introduction of uh, the second class of uh, antidepressants, mainly the TCAs, which are the topic of the next podcast.
0: So these drugs cause hypertensive crisis. How does that happen?
1: So we mentioned the two isoforms of monamine oxidases. Uh, Monamine oxidase A is also found in the gut mucosa, where it degrades tyramine and other sympathomimetic amines. So if it's not degraded, these substances can cause a release of catecholamines, such as epinephrine, norepinephrine, dopamine, and it can act as a false neurotransmitter or indirect agonist at the alpha-2 central receptor. And so when it does that, it increases the blood pressure and the risk of hypertensive crises. Fortunately, if you avoid the tyramine-rich foods, you reduce this risk, but then you have to place the burden of the dietary restriction on the patient.
0: Are there newer MAOIs that don't have this risk?
1: Yes. MAOIs differ by their selectivity and their reversibility. The early ones that we mentioned you know, bind covalently to these enzymes, and so they irreversibly block the activity of the enzymes for two weeks. But the discovery of the two isoenzymes of MAOI led to the design and development of select reversible MAOIs that would have a more favorable side effect profile. So drugs that selectively block MAOB, they don't affect the MAOA and the gut, and so they don't uh, produce the risk of a hypertensive crisis. Seleguline is an example. Seleguline is a selective irreversible MAOB inhibitor that has dopaminergic effects and is used primarily in the treatment of Parkinson's. But at higher dosages, selegiline actually is uh, non-selective, and it inhibits both MAOA and MOAB, and so it can have an antidepressant effect. In 2006, the FDA approved a selegiline transdermal patch for treatment of depression, which is able to provide high levels of MAOA and MOAB inhibition in the brain while avoiding the concentrations of the drug in the gut and lowering the risk of associated hypertensive crises.
0: What are the clinical indications for the MAOIs?
1: So MAOIs are highly efficacious in the treatment of depression, but also social phobia, panic disorder, and a wide spectrum of depression, actually, including atypical, more chronic, or severe depression. Data suggests that patients with atypical depression, which is characterized by mood reactivity and kind of reverse vegetative symptoms, such as increased sleep and appetite, they tend to respond slightly better to MAOIs than TCAs. However, SSRIs are also effective in treating atypical depression. And so, with so many newer and safer antidepressants currently available, MAOIs are now only indicated when other medication trials have failed. They're the third line agent for treatment of depression, social anxiety, panic disorder, and they're FDA approved for treatment of resistant depression. Of note, transdermal selagelin is approved for the use of depression. But at higher dosages, it's a non-selective MAOI, and it is well-tolerated by geriatric patients with treatment-resistant depression.
0: So what are the common side effects associated with MAOIs, and how can they be managed?
1: The most common side effect we see is dizziness, particularly from orthostatic hypertension, and it's more common with MAOIs than the TCAs. Dose reduction can help, but it's tricky because if you, you know, reduce the dose too much, you may lead to reemergence of their depressive symptoms. Other approaches you could use if they have orthostatic hypertension is you could have them adequately hydrate the glasses of water a day, have them increase their salt intake, use support socks, stockings, belly binders, corsets. And if needed, if none of those work, you could also add a fludrocortisone or a corticoid and even a stimulant. The addition of stimulants in patients receiving MAOIs has actually been shown to normalize blood pressure in depressed patients with serious orthostatic uh, hypotension. The addition of stimulants can also bring about a clinical response in patients who previously didn't have a response with MAOIs.
0: What kind of drug interaction should one be cautious of when they're taking an MAOI?
1: So the MEIs have some rare but serious risk potential for causing hypertensive crises or serotonin syndrome with many over-the-counter drugs, as well as prescription medicines, illegal drugs, and dietary supplements. Using sympathomimetic drugs like ephedrine or cocaine or ingesting tyramine-rich foods like aged cheese and dietary supplements can cause hypertensive crises and result in violent cerebrovascular accidents like stroke or heart attack. So for this reason, many users carry an MAOI card with them, which lets EMT personnel know which drugs to avoid and reduce the dosage for. In addition, when it's combined with other serotonergic drugs, you can have serotonin syndrome, which we talked about earlier. And so it's vital for clinicians to educate their patients on the potential of these drug-drug interactions and ensure their history with compliance prior to starting an MAOI.
0: So if a patient gets a hypertensive crisis or serotonin syndrome, what's the best approach to management?
1: If they develop a hypertensive urgency or emergency with violent headaches or neurological deficits, they should be instructed to go to the ED for management. Phentolamine is a central alpha blocker, and so you can administer that to block the effect of the uh, sympathomimetics and reverse the acute rise in blood pressure. Alternately, if they're just experiencing headaches with elevated blood pressure, you can also give them nifedipine at 10 milligrams per hour until, until they have relief. But one should be cautious, uh, especially in the elderly patients, of acutely lowering blood pressure as it can reduce, increase the risk of heart attack and stroke. And if patients you know, are acting altered with signs of uh, autonomic dysfunction or you know, neuromuscular abnormalities concerning for serotonin syndrome, the offending agent should be discontinu- discontinued and supportive care given. Benzos can be used to treat agitation in serotonin syndrome and tremor, and if needed, a, a cyproheptadine or the serotonin blocker can be used as a antidote as well.
0: So what are the typical dosages of MAOIs and how do you start a patient on an MAOI?
1: So phenolazine has a therapeutic dosage range of forty-five to ninety milligrams per day. It can be started at 30 milligrams per day for three days and increased to forty-five milligrams. On the other hand, the transdermal um, selegiline bypasses the gut and liver and allows for higher plasma level with a lower therapeutic dosage range of 6 to 12. And this drug is available in patches of 20, 30, 40 milligrams per centimeter uh, squared and can be changed daily. The starting dose is usually 20 and it can be increased by uh, 10 milligrams every one to two weeks.
0: Should I worry about overdose on an MAOI?
1: You should. MAOI overdose commonly manifests as sedation and orthostasis. Patients can appear drunk, ataxic, confused, euphoric as the dose is being increased. It's important to know that you know, these are signs of an overdose, and so if seen, the dose should be reduced. Uh, you know, MAOI overdoses are not necessarily lethal, but as we talked about previously, they can result in serotonin syndrome or hypertensive crises when combined with other drugs or a tyramine-rich diet.
0: Can you stop them abruptly?
1: So, as we mentioned in the previous podcast, like all of the currently available MAOIs um, are non-selective um, and irreversible inhibitors of the monoamine oxidase enzyme. So that is to say that you know the enzyme is irreversibly inhibited until it regenerates, which takes about two weeks. So if, um, if you do abruptly stop it, you know, tyramine and drug interactions, they can still occur in the two-week uh, time period before your enzyme has regenerated. So it's vital if patients are stopping the medication to maintain their dietary and drug restrictions for at least two weeks after the medication is discontinued.
0: If I was going to switch from an MAOI to another antidepressant, what would be the best way?
1: If you fail an adequate trial of an MAOI, switching to a different MAOI isn't usually helpful, but if they're not able to tolerate one of the MAOIs, you can, you know, switching may be beneficial to a different MAOI, but it is important to taper the first MAOI first in law for that 10 to 14-day period of washout before starting another one.
0: So, Dr. Sharma, tell me, who would be a good patient to start an MAOI
1: the ideal patient profile for MAOIs include patients who have experienced failed trials with one or more classes of antidepressants, or patients who have atypical uh, depressive features with mood reactivity, hypersomnia, increased appetite, as well as pa- depressed patients that have you know, prominent fatigue or cognitive deficits.
0: Who would not be a good candidate for an MAOI?
1: Any patient that has a history of medication noncompliance, nonadherence, non suicide attempts via overdose are not suitable candidates for starting an MAOI. Also, elderly patients tend to have a you know, reduced renal clearance and liver function, and so they're at higher risk of experiencing the adverse uh, side effects we talked about.
0: All right. So in summary, we do have a broad spectrum of efficacy, relative safety, and ease of use for lack of addictive potential. The discovery of the MAOIs as the first antidepressants was a significant achievement in psychiatry that led us to the monoamine hypothesis of depression and also developed novel antidepressants with better side effects and tolerability. The MAOIs we know are efficacious agents for the treatment of panic, social anxiety, and anxious or atypical depression. However, with so many other safer antidepressants currently available, MAOIs are now really only indicated when other medication trials have failed. We do have transdermal seleguline with its favorable side effect profile and lack of dietary restrictions, which should probably now be the first MAOI considered with either atypical or treatment-resistant depression. In our next podcast episode, we're going to discuss the emergence of the TCAs and why they are the most popular antidepressant until the discovery of the SSRIs.